Well, we're up to chapter 8, page 108 of the Complete Guide to Chainsaw Safety and Directional Felling. Hi, I'm Tim Ard, and welcome to this edition of Along the Forest Apps Road podcast. I hope you've had a good week, and we're starting off here in Chapter 8, talking about formulating the felling plan. And before you undertake a task, what do you normally do? Do you think through the task, or just dive right in without any forethought on what you need to do to accomplish the task in an efficient, effective, and safe manner? Planning is important in everything we do, and it is the key element in the safe use of a chainsaw. Formulating a felling plan before starting the saw allows the operator to first evaluate every step in the felling plan. Stop and evaluate, reevaluate the plan should something go wrong, and in the event of a problem, formulate a new plan. In timber harvesting, a good felling plan provides consistency in the execution of the task at hand, which leads to improved efficiency and safety for the chainsaw operator. In my training programs, I devote considerable time to understanding the elements of a good tree felling plan. For the casual woodcutter or the professional, this is where the rubber meets the road. I used to I use a simple five-step plan that is easy to remember but one that covers all the critical elements necessary to get the tree safely on the ground in a desired location. Each of these steps is covered in detail below. Prior to developing the felling plan, the chainsaw operator must determine the location of the tree's landing zone. Frequently, the landing zone or lay may be in a direction that is different from the direction the tree would naturally fall due to its weighted lean. The chainsaw operator must determine if the tree will fit into the desired landing zone and if it is possible to direct the tree's fall into this zone using directional felling techniques. If the selected tree is growing in a woodlot, its crown must have sufficient clearance from the surrounding trees to allow it to fall into the landing zone. If there's not enough room, there's a good chance the tree's crown will lodge or hang up in one of the surrounding trees, producing a very dangerous situation that can be difficult to resolve. Similarly, in the tree, if the tree to be harvested is growing in a residential setting, the operator must make sure the tree's crown will clear nearby buildings, fences, and overhead power lines as it falls into the desired landing zone. Every tree leans. The key to being able to place the tree in the desired landing zone is understanding how lean affects where the tree would fall naturally and whether or not certain felling techniques can be used to overcome the influence of its natural lean. Often, lean can be deceiving. For example, if you focused strictly on the tree's trunk, It may appear to have definite lean to one side when actually the tree leans in the opposite direction due to the weight of its branches in the crown. In fact, every tree leans 360 different directions depending on where you view it, every degree. Lean is discussed in step two below. In 
A situation where a tree's lean will not permit it to fall into the desired landing zone, it will be necessary to change the landing zone. If this is not possible, other means of removal, such as having an arborist remove the tree from the top down, will need to be employed. Landing zone adjustments generally do not present major problems in a forest, but present real problems when removing trees in a residential setting. The Felling Plan, Step 1. Identify Potential Hazards Too often, chainsaw users begin cutting without assessing the potential hazards that surround them. There are frequently many dangers in and around the cutting zone which, if not recognized, could lead to potential injury or death of the chainsaw operator. You can't eliminate many hazards before you make the first cut on the tree. Other hazards you may not be able to do anything about, but recognizing they exist alerts you to their potential danger. You will be working at the base of the tree, so look up into the tree's crown and identify attached dead limbs, and any hanging branches that could possibly fall on you as the tree begins to fall? Are there any vines growing in the crown of the tree and down the trunk that need to be severed? Do the vines stretch from your tree's crown to the crowns of neighboring trees? Do you need to sever vines growing from other trees into your tree's crown? These vines can potentially keep your tree from falling or might create a problem in directing the tree to the landing zone you had selected. You know the space where you would like to the tree to fall. Look carefully in the crowns of the trees that surround your tree's landing zone. Your tree's crown will likely brush against these trees as it falls to the ground. Do you see any hanging limbs in the surrounding tree crowns that might be thrown back at you? Experience has proven time and again that dead or hanging limbs, or widowmakers, they call them, generally end up within a 15-foot circle around the tree you're cutting, so be aware of their presence. Watch the crowns of the surrounding trees until they have stopped swaying. It may take some time for a hanging limb to dislodge itself and fall to the ground after your tree falls. Standing dead trees or old snags are also dangerous hazards. If a dead snag cannot be felled safely, tie heavily visible uh, flagging to a small tree around it so as to alert you to those hazards nearby or any ground hazards or debris such as rocks or down logs or limbs within the immediate vicinity of your tree that may become trip hazards. If there are small saplings or shrubs growing near the tree, these will need to be removed. You want your walk area clear of any obstructions that might interfere with your footing and ability to safely fell the tree. Another hazard to consider is the wind. A slight breeze may not seem like much near the ground, but the tree's canopy acts like a giant sail. Even a slight breeze may be enough to keep your tree from falling in its intended direction. Wind also may cause the tree to sit back on your saw, pinching it in the cut. 
In residential settings, hazards may be nearby buildings, other structures such as a fence or overhead power lines. People in the vicinity are also hazards. In the workplace, OSHA mandates that no one then other than the chainsaw operator can work within two tree lengths of the tree to be harvested. You should never work alone, so make sure your working companion is visible and acknowledges your intent to fell the tree. They should understand your complete plan. The Felling Plan, Step 2 Determine the tree's lean. When felling a tree, there are two types of lean the chainsaw operator must be concerned with, side lean and forward and back lean. All trees lean to some degree, and as I mentioned earlier, a tree can lean 360 different degree directions depending on your viewing position. To emphasize this point in my training program, I ask a class participant to determine a tree's lean for the class. I position the volunteer at the base of the tree trunk and ask the operator to look up the tree trunk and into the crown and point in the direction that the tree leans. I then ask the operator to move two or three times, each move being one quarter of the way around the tree, and again point in the direction of the tree lean. Invariably, the operator points in different directions, which brings me to an important point. In order to determine which direction a tree leans, you first have to establish a reference point. The reference point will be the landing zone you've already determined and the path the tree falls takes will be in the in direction of fall. To determine the tree's degree of side lean, the operator must be positioned either in front of the tree along its direction of fall line or directly beside the tree looking down the direction of fall line. It is good practice to back away from the tree so you can get a good look at its trunk and crown. As I mentioned earlier, you can be easily fooled when determining lean by concentrating solely on the tree's trunk. The critical elements to focus on is the tree's crown, which must be determined in the location of the tree's weighted center. If it were to fall naturally, the tree would fall along this path of its weighted center. If the operator doesn't allow for weighted lean, side lean in the felling plan, the tree will end up somewhere other than the intended landing zone. Throughout my years of training, I have witnessed many trees that have fallen 90 degrees to their intended path. Some were the result of poor cutting technique, but most were due to miscalculation. To determine weighted side lean, straddle the tree's intended direction of fall line with your finger drawn an imaginary circle that encompasses the ends of the outermost branches in the tree's canopy. Visualize the center of this imaginary circle and its straight line down from this center point to the ground. Mark this point on the ground for future reference. The horizontal distance from this point on the ground to the center of the tree's trunk is the amount of weighted side lean. Side lean is important in determining the good and bad side of the tree also. The bad side of the tree is the side towards the weighted side lean. The good side is the side opposite of the weighted side lean. 
Whenever possible, the operator should always finish cutting on the good side of the tree. Working from the tree's good side reduces the risk of having the tree break loose unexpectedly and fall towards the operator. Identifying the tree's good and bad side are critical points to remembering when formulating the felling plan. Further discussion on a tree's good and bad side is found in Chapter 9. To determine, the tree ha- to determine whether the tree has forward towards the direction of fall or backward away from the direction of fall lean, the operator must stand 90 degrees perpendicular to the intended direction of fall line. Back away a sufficient distance so you can observe the whole tree and draw an imaginary circle around the ends of the outermost branches in the tree's canopy. Visualize the center of this circle and drop a line straight down to the ground from the center of the circle. Mark this spot on the ground. Is this spot in front or behind the tree? The tree's the spot's location will determine whether the tree has forward or back lean. A forward-leaning tree will not be as difficult to fell as a back-leaning tree. However, if the tree has back lean, Additional calculations will have to be made to determine if the tree's lean can be overcome and thus allow it to fall along the intended direction of fall line. Back lean calculations we will be discussing in Chapter 14. Well, that brings us down to Step 3 of the felling plan on page 114. And we're going to break here, and uh, this will be our first uh, segment of, uh, of Chapter 8. Hopefully you've picked up something there. We hope that you come back and join us for a continuation of Chapter 8, beginning with Step 3 of the Felling Plan. Well, this is Tim Ard wishing you good sawing. And we hope to see you back here for our podcast series, but somewhere in the future along the Forest Daps Road. Thanks for dropping by. See you later. Good sawing. Good sawing.